0: There we go. There it is. It's Friday, ladies and gents. We're ready to rock and roll. And why not end the week with uh, what we're thinking about ending life with, which is building a real estate portfolio so that you can kick back Uh, in what we call retirement. Retirement is not an age problem. It is a cash flow problem. And we're going to talk about solving that problem here today.
1: Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of...
2: Business Bros! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Now it's time. Friday heat! Friday heat! But before we jump into the business bros... Quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you are listening to us on. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests. As we rise in those podcast rankings, we will sincerely appreciate it. And boy, oh boy, are we excited for our guest today. Coming to us from the great Pacific Northwest, our guest today is a real estate entrepreneur and digital marketer, marketer focusing on three things, building his portfolio through multifamily properties and RV parks, creating high quality educational content for other investors and helping his fellow real estate agents grow. Our guest has a ton of experience and knowledge to share, and this year made headlines at MarketWatch when he launched his Real Estate Investing Podcast. We have so much to learn and so little time. We're so thrilled to have on the show today the host of the Real Estate Investing Club podcast successful real estate invest uh, successful real estate investor podcaster YouTuber, and entrepreneur welcome to the show Gabe Peterson
0: <laughs> Ow <laughs> Woo How yeah. you like that Gabe
3: I love it. Thank you guys for that intro. You know, I've been on uh, over 20 podcasts now, and you guys definitely brought the most energy for an intro. So uh, that's awesome. (laughs) I'm happy to be here.
0: (laughs) He ain't lying. That's right. He ain't lying. I was like, when am I going to drop that clip? I'm going to drop it right there at the beginning. Right there. (laughs) Right right (laughs) there. He (laughs)
2: ain't lying. Welcome to the show, Gabe. Glad to have you on.
0: So tell me. All right. So I started off the show by saying, you know, retirement isn't a cash flow problem or isn't an age problem. It's a cash flow problem. You're helping people build their real estate portfolios. Tell me a little bit how you got into the whole building a portfolio space.
3: Oh, man. My, my story has been uh, not linear. And I feel like that's a lot. That's true of many stories of people who, you know, start a business. They start one thing and it goes to another thing, another thing, another thing. Um, I actually got started in corporate, so I was a management consultant doing uh, process improvement, project management, stuff like that. Um, hated the job. Well, I, I liked the team, but I just didn't like the commute. I didn't like having to get there and, and just sit down look at a computer all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started looking for a way out. And the first thing that I actually hopped into was, uh, e-commerce. I was one of those dudes that was like flipping through my Facebook feed and that ad comes in front of you and it's like, Hey, you can make a million dollars, start an e-commerce store. So I was like, "All right, let's do it." Hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> That'll work. So, so what I could go it. wrong? Was it, what was that? I said, "What yeah, could go wrong?" Know. Exactly. Uh, so I did it. I, I um, you know, I was really, I wanted the way out, and so I started in e-commerce um, so many years ago, and I actually did pretty well. I got a store up to about twenty thousand, uh, between twenty and thirty thousand a month. It went up and down. Um, but again, I hated that. I did not like e-commerce just sitting, staring at the computer from that though, I got really good at digital marketing and that kind of took me to my next, you know, I was still working corporate and I had this e-commerce store. Um, I, I wanted to get out of corporate. I couldn't do it yet because e-commerce wasn't the, wasn't the solution. Again, scrolling through my feed, saw another ad for the, the digital marketing agency. I, you know, they got me hook, line and sinker. And so I already had these uh, digital marketing skills. And so I decided to try, try my hand on my own agency. Um, it was good for a while, I had some clients, but I got to the point where I needed the scale and I just, I just did not want to, it didn't seem like the path that I wanted to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I finally got into real estate. So I had these skills in marketing, digital marketing. Um, and some friends of mine had, they had already been in real estate, they were agents, uh, they did some flips. Um, and so I learned that you could do something called wholesaling by marketing with digital marketing, use, using digital marketing to attract off-market leads, and then assign those contracts over to other investors. Um, A lot of potential for aggressive expansion. <laughs> exactly, just like the Joker. And so <laughs> I uh, I did that. Um, and my first uh, my first wholesale fee five thousand bucks. Nothing to nothing to write home about. But I loved it because real estate is all about being out there. Um, engaging with people. There's actual structures. It's not just a computer screen. Um, And from there, I went on to flips and uh, now we're into, um, well, I have rentals and then mobile home and RV parks. We're just closing on two, just closed on one a while ago and we're closing on another one soon. So um, the journey. Exactly. Just a round of applause for that one. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's been crazy, but but uh, we're here and I'm, I'm super excited. And I started the podcast, obviously, the Real Estate Investing Club, um, and we've got other stuff going on with that. We have a course that we're building because I really do think that real estate for the the average Joe, not average Joe, but anybody who really wants to create wealth, who wants to create something that will give them the freedom, the time freedom that they want, real estate, in my opinion, is one of the best options, if not mm. the best option out there. Um, so I really want to teach people what they can do, how they can get into it, because it's not as difficult as it seems. Uh, it does take effort, and it's not HGTV. Do not think it's HGTV. <laughs> what?
2: Those shows aren't real?
3: Exactly, right? Ah. Funny thing, I actually had uh, I had one of those guys on my podcast, and, uh, and he was talking about like, yeah, man, those shows behind the scenes, it's just chaos. It's like nothing like you see on the screen, so... Well, it's um, it's
0: nicely edited, right? And and what you don't see is a lot of those guys have uh, huge teams behind them. So it's not like mm-hmm. it's just them. There's they're huge teams. They're doing you know you see the one property you didn't see the other thirty that they did that month, and you know fifteen of them and they end up losing money. The other fifteen they made money. Like they only show you the ones that they that that are you know prime for TV, and then they cut out all the, the the actual stuff and only leave the, the, the nice little dramas. So they make it seem like it's super easy. Uh, what's, what's your experience been like as you got into that game? Where, where, where did you have some hiccups?
3: Yeah. So, um, I mean, HGTV, they really focus on flips. I mean, in real estate, there are a ton. The awesome thing about it is that there's many ways to go about creating a real estate business, creating a business in real estate. Um, flipping is just one business model that you can go about you know doing. Um, and HETV is all about flips. The thing, shoot, I forgot. What was your original question? I was, I was going down. What what
0: kind of hiccups were you having?
3: Oh yeah. For me, me personally. So yeah, the first flip I did, um, it was, well, this is the second flip I did all the flips I've done. (laughs) This is why I don't do flips anymore. Uh, the first flip I did, um, for one, the, the tenants, there's a lot of things that you have to know about, when you do a flip that you can't have tenants in it, obviously. So you do need to do evictions, but there's a lot of laws that go into that. I mean, once, once you have a tenant, you have to wait for their their lease to expire. Um, and so there things are not going to go as planned. You may have to hold it for longer than expected. That was the one hiccup in the first flip. Um, but then there was also things like one of the tenants stopped paying rent. So we had to evict him, obviously. And um, as a parting gift, he, he poured concrete down the sink. Oh, and, uh, oh yeah. Uh, those unit. horror
2: stories. Yep.
3: Um, and th- that's not necessarily specific to flips because that can happen anytime, but um, it-, it was a lesson in this spe- specific flip.
1: I hope you're in short. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was a train wreck. Um, but the big thing that I learned was the next flip. And that was, I, I tried to do the work myself um, because I, I ran the numbers and it all made sense. And I was trying to you know make more cash on my side. Um, and to do that, I wanted to do the work myself. However, I am not a contractor. And if you're not a contractor and you don't like, and you don't kind of have a natural inclination to that, um, I guarantee you, you're better off hiring somebody because or the you can't count part. in
0: one sixteenth uh, of an inch at a time.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. The, the story that I have is um, so it was this flip. It was a really small house. It was like eight hundred square feet out here in um, in Gig Harbor in in you know in the Seattle area. Um, small house, but I I was gonna do the thing you know the work myself, and um, it was me and a partner. And we went in, we got the house uh, and we started, you know, we tore everything out. That was a lot of fun. We could do that. Um, and then we started to, you know, do the actual contractor work, things that a contractor would do, um, like hang drywall and uh, and do tiling and things like that. Um, and so we went, we went ahead, we did it. We brought in, um, you know, somebody who, you know, you know, there are specific skills that you really do need to hire out like electricians. So we mm-hmm. brought in an electrician. We were walking him around the house and he was looking at the work that we did. And he's like, man, who did you guys hire for this? All this work. This is really shoddy work. Like, <laughs> <the> <laughs> kidding, right? that's uh, bad. Um, Ouch. You're but, right. What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oof.
3: Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to flips, you really have to know your numbers. You have to have good contractors because you're going to have to babysit them. It's not just going to happen unless you have somebody that is maybe a family member or something um, that really is close and trusts you and you know that they're going to do the work. Um, So you have to know your numbers. You have to understand that there's buying costs, um, repair costs, and selling costs. So there's more costs that they put on HGTV. Um, And in the end, you really have to make sure that the spread's there. And so exactly know your numbers um so flipping can be a little bit more difficult because it it's all based on the sale you have to have that spread at the very end um which is one of the main reasons why i uh, i got out of flipping and into the other things that i'm doing so you went into some
0: you went into it with uh, great hopes and ambitions you uh, tripped and fell landed on your face a couple of times uh, and, and the thing about failing is it's it's not actually a failure until you quit. You didn't quit. You moved into another aspect in the real estate space. So tell me. Why do we fall, Bruce? So we can learn
1: to pick ourselves up.
0: So what did you do after you left that flip game? Where did you go in, in, in the real estate space and how was that different?
3: Um, yeah, so f- from flips. Okay, um, yeah, so in real estate, there's really, I, I like to think of it as being you, you have passive "Quote unquote passive. It's never passive. That you have passive income and then active income. Flips fall in the active income because it is. It's a business. You're running a business. You're buying houses. You're managing con- contractors, selling houses, all that stuff. Um, it's not passive. You don't buy it and then just it kind of ticks away and starts generating money like a rental. Um, so I started to buy rentals on that side, and I still wanted to have active income because. In order to you know keep going in real estate, you either have to have your own money or you have to have other people's money, um, and so I started. I wanted to maintain that uh, the active income, so I switched over to wholesaling, which is very similar. The marketing side of it is very similar to flips. I mean, I, that's what I was already good at, and so that's kind of what I, I excelled at. Um, and basically, what you're doing is you're going, you're finding off-market properties. So say. I don't know, down your street, I'm sure there's some shitty house somewhere and you're like, why is that house there? Like, Does somebody does somebody even live there? Um, you can go, you can send a letter to that house, get it under contract and then assign that contract to another investor, uh, maybe a flipper or somebody who wants to keep it for a rental um, and then get the spread. So if I got it for a hundred thousand uh, I, or I got it under contract for a hundred thousand, I assigned it to another investor for a hundred and five thousand, I get that $5,000 spread between the two contracts
0: assignment a contract. One of the very first uh, real estate strategies that James and I ever learned. Uh, yep. You know, 19, 20 years old, learning to invest in real estate. We went to this real estate, you know, you go, you know, those, those little <laughs> hotel things. And they're like, you know, pay four grand and come learn all about real estate.
3: <laughs> I so did
0: that. Yeah, I did that too. So we went and that was one of the first things, assignment of contract. I remember thinking of that. I was like, wait, I don't have to sell the house. I can sell a piece of paper that says that that's I it? have an interest in buying the house. That's amazing. You know, now we call it wholesaling, which is a little bit different. But I mean, it's it's, it's pretty much the same thing.
2: You're signing the contract over. Uh, can I get but, into uh, like the systems and processes for finding those properties? I mean, it's one thing, yeah. like you said, you know, you you drive down the street and you got this house that's, that's sitting there and you send them a mail or whatever, but- in wholesale, it's a numbers game. Also, so what are you doing? How are? What's your process like to go through and find all of these all of these different properties?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And um, so that is why it, it wholesaling is an actual business. It's not like a, a hobby. Um, you really do have to have systems and processes behind it. Uh, me and my partners, we actually wholesale mobile home and RV parks and single family. Uh, it's it's similar and but dissimilar um, at the same time but let's just start with single family. There are, you have to get it off market. So you, you can't wholesale something that is on market. Well, you can, but it's not not uh, recommended. Hmm. <laughs> um, so you have to be able to find these properties off market and there's tons of ways to go about doing that. Um, I'm sure, you know, people listening, watching that you've driven down the highway and you've seen those little dinky signs that say, we buy houses, phone number. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, I that's buy ugly houses. Out. Exactly. Uh, it's called a bandit sign. That's one way. Um, it's just little signs you post around places. I don't like that just because I hate seeing them. And I think it kind of dirties up the neighborhood. So I don't like using that strategy. Um, the, the next step strategy that most people are familiar with is direct mail. And that's literally just buying a list. Um, listsource.com is a really good place to go to actually get data. Um, so, so get lists of people who are um uh vacant, stuff like that. So you buy a list and then you send direct mail to that list that says, Hey, my name's Gabe with Great North Post Homebuyers. Uh, I saw you own property 123 in Tacoma, Washington. I uh, just want to let you guys know I buy houses. I, I'd love to make you an offer. If you're interested, send me, uh, um, you know, give me a call at this number here. And so it's literally just a letter that you send out to people. Um, and you know, they'll start calling, but you have to do volume. So that's the thing. So this mm-hmm. strategy requires money because for, uh, for a postcard, it's like 30 cents per postcard,
1: mm-hmm. um, for
3: a mailer, it's like 50 cents. And so it, or it can even go up to a buck 50. And when you're talking about doing 5,000, that's the number that we do is 5,000 per month. Um, you know, per month that, that starts to add up month over month. So yeah
0: i remember doing that with door hangers in my very first business it's got yep. super expensive we started doing penny saver back then inserts uh, i mean that stuff gets expensive after a while you get a, a certain zip code or whatever and now you're looking at you know two, three, four, five thousand dollars 5000 a month that you're spending and so you got to get that lead generation but you said you had a, a background in digital marketing
3: Yep, yep, and that is where I was going. So those are the two. <laughs> those are the two main things that most people already are familiar with when it comes to marketing for off-market properties. Um, what I like is the digital side, and this is where it, it has a higher skill cap. But um, you get, you know, the, the benefits are much bigger once you get good at at it. Um, and the main ways to do it is uh, you can do um, ringless voicemail, which is basically dropping a, a voicemail in somebody's Without calling them, it just drops a voicemail into their uh, mailbox. Or what I like, actual digital marketing, like uh, paid per, pay-per-click, is the main inbound way to do it. So that's like when Google, when somebody goes to Google and they're like, "Hey, I need to sell my house," and then your your website pops up. Um, so pay-per-click, and then Facebook ads remarketing, and that's uh, those are the two main ways that we that we um, our strategies that we use on the digital side. There's a ton of ways to do it, but um, pay-per-click, Google, and then uh, remarketing ads for social when it comes to digital is the main way that we do it. So uh, and let's
0: kind of, you know, clear this up a little bit because Uh, social media ads and pay-per-click. A lot of people kind of mix those things up. Pay-per-click, you're talking more along the lines of Google, right? So people – these are search-based type criteria. People look for something specific. You have specific keywords that you're looking for, uh, and you pay for every single click that goes on, whereas social media tends to be more about uh, reach and expansion. Yes, you're getting clicks. You can drive them to your messages. You can drive them to a website, but you tend to – Place ads in front of people in general areas,
3: right? Yeah. So social media ads, like Facebook, Instagram, they're ba- they're usually based on impressions. So that's how you're getting charged. Um, if you have a thousand impressions, that means a thousand people saw your ad or your your ad was shown a thousand times. And so every thousand, you know, thousand impressions, you get charged five bucks, two bucks, ten bucks, whatever it may be. Um, so the reason these two work so well together is. Pay per click is Google. That's searching, and that is intent based. And so people already have the intention of going in and finding a solution to their problem. You know, they're like, I have this house, I have this problem, whatever the problem is, I need to get rid of it. I need to sell my house. I'm going to go to Google and find the answer. Um, you know, how do I sell my house fast? Uh, who buys houses in my area? Whatever it is, they're going to Google. They're searching for the answer. That's when you want to be first in front of them. You you want to jump up right there as the solution to their problem. And um, social comes in in the next step because what people do is they they go on Google, they search for their for the solution to their problem, and then their dog barks or their kid starts crying or their laundry explodes, you know whatever it is. We all get pulled away from the things that we're doing when we're on the internet. And so you run your PPC ad, um, they go to your website for whatever reason they get pulled away. However, with social you can have things like a pixel, which um, basically grabs people's information once they've been on your website and logs what they've done, say they clicked on uh, on a button here, maybe they went to a page over here, you can get all that information, you can log it. And so um, once they leave your website, you can remarket to them, show them ads again, once they get back once they get back on the internet, wherever they're going, it doesn't really matter. So if they get Dude back- almost <laughs> had you. That's
0: right, you almost had them at one point, but that's what the pixel does, right? It helps retarget them again after they've already left.
3: Yep, exactly, and so it increases your conversions, um, and that's basically how digital marketing works. All right, so you started getting into the wholesale space. You took a different approach
0: to your marketing. You're using the digital, uh, you're, you're using digital marketing a little bit more than you were doing mailers or the traditional picking up the phone. Uh, how does this help to start to build your portfolio? So this is the active part of real estate. What about in, in building the passive part?
3: Yeah, so I mean. With real estate, it really a lot of people say, "Oh, you don't need money to to get started in real estate." It's true. You, there are ways to do it without money. You can do seller financing. Um, you can you can get other people's money. You can raise money through like syndications, or just go to your grandpa and say, "Hey, I need ten thousand dollars to buy this house."
1: Yeah, here you 000. go, grandson.
0: No problem. Exactly.
3: <laughs> but generally, you need money. Like, so you need to have it, and and so whether it's yours what, or
0: somebody else's.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's what, uh, wholesaling was, it was the active side of it. Uh, so that's what I would do that in order to put it into my passive side and into actually buying properties. Um, there's a ton of strategies out there it's called, I'm sure you guys have heard of the Burr strategy, buy, rehab, refinance, um, mm-hmm. right now. Uh, that's another way to go about kind of snowballing your, your portfolio, um, Kind of rambling here. I forgot where I was going with that. But I hope- well, I- we're,
0: we're talking about how to build that passive, uh, that passive income. So after you take the active from the wholesale, what do you do with it?
3: Yeah, um, yeah. So once you take the active, then I go and i I so I live in Seattle, um, which is a very high value market, meaning that you're not going to find a lot of rentals that cash flow, or it's very difficult to find rentals that cash flow. Hmm. Um, plus, you're going to need a lot of money down in order to buy something. Um, so to give you an example there, uh, I just just sold um, a duplex, just two units here in Washington State uh, for $563,000. Um, I bought it at 330000 probably put like, I don't know, 30000 40000 into it, uh, made a huge spread. And so, but I, I did that as a long-term flip. Um, now I'm going to take that money and use it in an inner market. So Ohio, um, well, Ohio is where I'm looking at, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Uh, But in that in those markets, like I'm I'm under contract right now for an eight unit um, that is two hundred eighteen thousand is the price. And and if you're just thinking about that, you know the the units rent out for like six fifty was the the um, you know the rent number, and it's an eight unit, so whatever the 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 math is there, forty eight
0: hundred bucks. Well, a little more than forty eight hundred bucks, so but uh, that's nice. That's what. Three seven yeah about uh, 5100 dollars or so, right? Yeah. So, and the cat and the the uh, the holding costs, the carrying costs on that, it's got to be way less. I mean two hundred and what did you say was the the purchase price? Two hundred and eighteen. Two um,
3: hundred yeah. and eighteen. Yeah. So there is. I'm probably gonna have to put like fifty or sixty into it. Um, but you know once it's done, it'll it'll cash flow much better than anything that I have out here. Um, but even but then, on top of that, we also do mobile home and RV parks, which uh, are Great when it comes to cash flow. Um, they're they're just uh, with this uh, this sale of the duplex that we're doing. I'm, I'm um, we're also rolling it into two other mobile home parks and that. Uh, so another example, we're buying this at four hundred fifty thousand dollars. It has twenty eight units. Um, so if you look kind of just at how that works out, it's three hundred fifty dollars for pad rent. Um, the cash flow is just a lot better on things like that on mobile home RV parks and. Uh, the center of the United States rents than it is mm-hmm. um, here in you know high market value areas. So, long story short, wholesale flips in high market value areas like we're in, and then invest it in the middle of the United States or in uh, things like mobile home and RV parks. So, got your victory dance? Well, I got it right here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's a story for a lot of people in investing, right? You, you're just acquiring your, you're, you're in the accumulation phase. You're, you're acquiring as much cash as you possibly can. You're just doing it in the real estate space. You're doing it in the wholesale space. And then you're taking that and investing it in long term uh, assets like real estate. People do this all the time. And, and it's the same thing, uh, you know, if you read the Kiyosaki books, it's build businesses and invest in real estate. That's a strategy that, that many people have used uh, to get- 60% of the time. It works every time. To get to, yeah, right. To get to the point where where your your cash flow is covering your monthly expenses, uh, and that's that's what we're talking about. When you when you have wealth, wealth is measured in and the number that's of days. The definition, right? The number of days you can live without anyone in your household working. It's when money works for you. You no longer have to work for money. Uh, and but you can do this as an employee too. You can earn your income, put that money away. It's just a longer process. You're developing a way to to not only generate income through real estate but you're actually learning about markets and how things work in contracts i mean something we didn't even cover uh, that you know it, it can get into a lot of time here is you're buying you know eight unit buildings you're buying uh, uh you know, mobile home parks there's also things that you need to learn in the real estate game which is management right how do you maintain these types of assets over the long haul especially when they're in the middle of the country or you know other side of the country when you're when you're buying these things so there's a lot that goes into the real estate space that if you're not in the space, you're kind of missing out on the opportunity that you can learn from. Uh, it real quick, let's 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 take a, a little bit of a pivot. Uh, how did you? How did the podcast kind of fit into what you're doing in your overall uh, building of your portfolio?
3: Yeah, so um, a big portion of what I did prior to COVID was networking. Um, you know, reaching out to other people in the real estate space. Just getting, you know, talking with them, figuring out what they're doing, um, you know, calling brokers, things like that. COVID hit, couldn't do that. Um, and so, I mean, I could still call people, but I couldn't do the the face-to-face kind of networking like I was mm-hmm. doing before. Um, and so I, I was just thinking of ways to do this, to you know, to keep networking without having to go out and meet people. And uh, I, had, I used to listen to um, Entrepreneurs on Fire uh, by uh, John Lee Dumas, I think. Yep. And I, I loved his podcast. And I'd always had this in the back of my mind, like, I'd be a lot of fun to start a podcast. And so um, literally, like the beginning of March, I think I just started, you know, pinging people on LinkedIn that were in real estate. And I was like, Hey, I'm starting this podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for guests. Are you interested? And so and I don't know, I think it was like 40 or something people you know, within a week, I had 40 people looking to to be on the podcast. and I was like, shit, I got a podcast. Let's do this. <laughs> and so, uh, so I did it, I, I jumped into it. And I but I went like hardcore because I, uh, you know, I, I did the first 10, um, you know, interviews, and I had a blast. I loved it. I love learning from people. Uh, I'm talking to people that are taking down like 300 unit apartment complexes, that which is much bigger of a, of a you know, AUM that I'm ever that I'm at right now, at least. So I was I was getting the knowledge, I was networking, and I was just having fun talking to people. Um, so I just went all in. So we created the real estate investing club.com or podcast at the real estate investing club.com, um in March. And since then it's just been going. Um and we made the website, and now I have, you know, the next aspiration is to create the course behind it um, to help people get into this. Cause you're right, even if you even if you do, you know, you have a W-2, if you're if you're still working a job, you can real estate is still a great option for you. Grant, there's a lot of things that you need to do, like create the team like you're talking about if you're investing out of state. Um, but it really is, it's an awesome way to create wealth um, for just you know the average person out there. I surrender to you.
0: Dude, podcasting has been one of the best prospecting tools I have ever come across. I say that over and over and over again, but it's absolutely true. What you've experienced, yeah, what you've experienced uh, in just since March, we started in July of 2018, and and it's been phenomenal. I mean, the my ability to speak behind a mic is way better. My confidence, be you know. prior to COVID, I would hop on a stage and pick up a microphone. No problem. Right. Like I didn't have any issues anymore. Uh, I fine tuned my messaging. I became better at sales. I became better at talking to people, uh, all of that stuff just from the podcast itself, not to mention all the referrals and, and branding that, that have, we've been able to accomplish, uh, from that. So yeah. when you, when you're getting into this podcast space, uh, and you, you saw how well it worked, did you kind of go, uh, pedal to the metal? I mean, we went super, nuts i mean we did it we do a show every single Twice. day yeah Twice. and then and then we started the insurance bro show recently in september we we decided we we're going to launch one specifically in the insurance niche because we saw how well it worked over here with the business bros uh and so we do two shows a day now we're, we're super nuts that way oh, um yeah Cut it's off. crazy what have you experienced in podcasting that's been kind of difficult that you need to that you feel you need to overcome
3: Oh man, yeah, for sure. Um so I I I've been dragging my feet. So like right now, I actually I need to get my podcast like the post-production done because I'm supposed to have one released today. I have them recorded all the way through like January 30th, but it takes a lot of fucking sorry, I I, I don't mean to swear on your guys good podcast, dude. but it takes a lot of time to get stuff done uh when it, in the back in you know, you guys know this. The back end takes a lot of time. And so that's the I need to hire a VA. That's the biggest thing. That's like you know, keeping me from from going forward because I'm still doing real estate. That's my main business, and like doing both. I really want to keep. Uh, I I really like the real estate investing club. It's 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 a passion project, if you will. Um, but it, it's hard when you have to do all the post production. Doing the the podcast thing is you know it's fine. It's it's fun. I love doing it. But then you have to do all the stuff in the back end, and that's what really drains my time. And I got to figure out a way to offboard that.
0: I'm
2: gonna give this you the uh, opportunity, but uh
1: Shit. Language.
2: Wait a second. No one else is gonna deal with the fact that Cap just said language. I know. <laughs> are you going for the <laughs> same one?
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that. You know, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't it. I didn't hit it when he said it. Oh I, know, well. I was like, damn, missed it. <laughs> yeah, you, okay, I'm gonna shrink that I'm, I'm gonna shrink that clip just to hear him say language. There you go. <laughs> Every time somebody drops on' i be like, language. <laughs> I no, uh, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a a, a tip. So, how did you like uh our harp, our, our whole presentation of our podcast? How did you like the the way it came out?
3: I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, you guys, it's better than anything. I, I definitely better than mine. It's and it's better than anything that I've seen so far. Um, besides okay. the really big ones. Sweet. So
0: I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. Use StreamYard. I'm going to send you a link, uh, and this goes for anybody else who's listening, who's interested in starting a podcast. I'm going to send you a link, uh, and, and it's basically the process that I use. So James and I, we do two shows a day, and I do everything myself. So everything from uh, the show clips from the, you know, we have, I have a a buddy of mine that helps me when we create like intros and stuff, intros, outros, and some of the, uh, some of the logo design I went off on Fiverr. But as far as post editing, uh, all that stuff, it's all done. You know, I do it myself. Why do we use StreamYard? Because literally when I'm done here with us, you're going to, the last thing we're going to play is the outro. So we already have the intro. We already have the outros. We have all the video segments in between. We got stuff scrolling on the screen. We got commentary going on so like it, it, for you to be able to do that and just take that post editing time and shrink it so you can just focus your attention on on the business that you're actually working on and use this as a lead generation tool that's what that's what this is all about so give it a uh, a tan a tan exactly a tan <laughs> i am i
3: am sold that sounds awesome streamer
0: All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna share that uh, that stuff with you guys. If you guys want to look for it, you can find it. Uh, It's also on our on our uh, YouTube page. I'll send the link and put that, and I'll send you the link. It's just a a little bit of training. So uh, that link, by the way, ladies and gents, helps you decide on how to. Well, I show you how to start a podcast absolutely for free, so you can get people on your show, you can get your brand or your uh, your show syndicated to you know iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff for free, and as well as streaming for free what we uh, what I will sell you on at the very end is all the branding stuff that that's where uh, that's where we make our money on some of that stuff so anyways uh, real quick before we head out Jeff says it's amazing thank you sir <laughs> Jeff uh, Jeff and Vidal have another show called uh, Lunch with the shark and we help them get that stuff started too all right uh, real quick uh, let people know how to get a hold of you if they want to work with you
3: yeah absolutely um, the best way is just to go to the the podcast website so the real Um, If you're watching on the video, it's posted everywhere right now. So check it out. Uh, TheRealEstateInvestingClub.com. You'll see. You can find everything there. Contact us, um, the podcasts, uh, the courses, all that stuff.
0: Gabe, I had a blast talking to you, man. Thanks for taking us down down the path of uh, real estate investing. Uh, It's been a while since we've talked about assignment of contract, and it's kind of cool. It's a great strategy for people to use. Yeah, you don't have to have a license. By the way, you don't have to have a real estate license to do an assignment of contract. You're not representing anybody. You're getting a property under contract. You're taking that piece of paper. You're selling it to somebody else who's actually going to execute on the contract, and you get the spread in between. So, uh, you know, and what you develop from that, it's awesome. Make sure you guys check out our uh, YouTube page. Our Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you find us, subscribe, rate, review, help us out, help us raise that uh, ranking. And you can follow me at business bros pod is where you can find all our stuff. Ladies and gents, enjoy the rest of your Friday afternoon. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. And we're out.
1: Thank you for listening to the business bros podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income?